Welcome to episode 102. That's right, 102 episodes of McChesney Unchained. We are coming to you down here from the DNV bar, DNVR Barn Studio off of Colfax, and today's a big show. Uh, we don't have a guest this week, but next week we'll, we will be bringing on former NFL offensive lineman Adam Schneider. Uh, Adam runs and operates uh, VYDL Performance down in Arizona, uh, which is like a, a, a another... You know, it's like a 6-0 type offensive line training facility. They work with athletes, yada, yada. Adam actually came up and, and um, uh, shadowed me a couple of years ago and, and then went down to Arizona. And uh, I can't wait to build a little Denver to Phoenix rivalry there. And we're going to start doing some camps and some some competitions from state to state as uh, their Pac-12 South rivals with Arizona, Arizona State, and the University of Colorado. So Adam Schneider will join us next week on McChesney Unchained. And we'll talk about offensive line play and – and wrap up the Super Bowl one more time after we get done talking about it today. And uh, you know, we'll do our we'll do our first six uh, zero all pro team, and we'll name the the five guys this year that we thought were the best up front. And then we'll get our our pass rushers and our D line done. And Adam will be a big part of that. So Adam Schneider joins us on one hundred three next week. Uh, but one hundred two rolls. And look, man, we have a lot to talk about today from the from the Super Bowl and and Tampa Bay absolutely dismantling Kansas City. And I'm not going to sit here and say I told you so, but told you so. Um, you know, I, I I thought that they would struggle protecting the quarterback, and boy, did they. Uh, we'll get into all that. The rant today is is pretty much on Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, and it's not what you think. Uh, so you definitely want to stick around for that one. Uh, big thanks to Adam and Allie and everybody down at DNVR for all they do. And uh, 102 rolls. All right, so we're going to start off. Uh, 2021 with with stories with six zero. All right, so this is brought to you by Six Zero Academy down in down in uh, Parker. Get down there and chase your dream. Ten four seven zero South Progress Way. Uh, it is rolling. The turf is down. The weight room's built. The film is up, and we got kids walking in there like gangbusters trying to chase their dreams. And look, if you're a parent or an athlete out there looking for opportunity. Uh, you can either look or you can go find it, and that's what we do at Six Zero. So let us build the bridge for you, and uh, and come chase your dreams. And anybody that tells you what you can't do, uh, how do they know? I've got a DeLorean, didn't think so. All right, one hundred two rolls. Stories with Six Zero. So first one. <laughs> I'm in the gym the other day. Okay, I'm demonstrating pass rush drill. Okay, and keep in mind I'm dealing with seventeen year old kids who look like they're grown men, but they're like twelve mentally. Most of them. Some of them are actually more mature, but most of them are 12. So keep in mind also this is the most uncultured generation on earth. Like they don't know any music. They've never seen any good movies. I had one kid tell me the other day that The Ridiculous Six was his favorite movie. And I, I, it like hurt me. It gave me angina. I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, I watched about three minutes of that shit, and I wanted to jump out of a window. So <laughs> just take that all into consideration when you hear this story. So I'm trying to teach pass rush drill, and I'm trying to teach the difference between two arms and one arm and length and whatnot. So I walk up to this kid, and I'm like, all right, so put your hands on me. Like, you know, every time in a football drill, where do your hands go naturally? If Look, I don't care if you're in a strip club, if you're on a football field, my hands naturally go to the chest. I can't help it. It's my analogy. It's either if you're big Bertha and your hands are way out, you know, wide, then maybe, you know, you, you – you took a big girl to prom, and that's cool, man. That's cool. That's cool. There was this thing in college called Big Wednesday. I'm glad I never won. My boy won all the time. Glad I never won. Um, but I, I like Tiny Tina, though, because if your hands are in tight like Tiny Tina, then I'm on the chest plate of the, of the, of the, uh, the, the shoulder pad. And also, you know, at shotguns and whatnot. <clears throat> 
neither here nor there. So uh, I'm like, yeah, put your hands on me. And this kid grabs my hips. I'm not kidding. A 17-year-old kid grabbed my hips like we were at fucking homecoming. And I just looked at him and I was like, is this an invitation? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I, was, and I looked at him like, motherfucker, you're the one grabbing my hips. So there was about 15 other guys there and it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny, but it's also, it may be an indication that not only does he want to dance with me, but hey, never know. It is 2021. Just saying. <laughs> so that's Stories with Six Zero today. Uh, hopefully that brightens up your afternoon. Uh, check out 60strength.com and 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. And in the future, parents, um, just saying, you may want to, when they say put your hands on them, it's, it's not supposed to go to your coach's hips. I know I look good these days, but shit. All right, let's get into this. Super Bowl 55. Super Bowl 55 was about as good as it can get, in my opinion. And I know there's a lot of people in Denver who hate Tom Brady. I'm not one of them. I used to be. I can't help but like the guy now. I could really give a shit about deflated footballs and recording practices. I think that's pretty standard. Um, I played with Chad Pennington. Those footballs were about as flat as, as, as you could get. I mean, holy shit. Um, I am so damn proud of Ryan Jensen. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, I, I thought that the scene afterwards playing with his kids on the field, honestly, it like put tears in my eyes. And I, I know I'm a big softy, but shit, you know, Ryan's the toughest guy in the NFL, and that just shows you what he really is off the field. Uh, big teddy bear like the rest of us. You know, I'm totally full of shit if you haven't figured that out by now, unless you want to test it, of course. Um, but Ryan, uh, for everything that guy's been through and to get to the mountaintop here late in his career with Tom Brady as quarterback, after being on a 7-9 and nine team with Jameis Winston last year. You know, it just what a whirlwind the last year has been for him. And now he's got a Super Bowl ring. And, man, it, it really just I, – I, I started reflecting a little bit on, on everything that we've done at 6-0 and all the guys we've helped. And Garland's played in three Super Bowls. And Connor McGovern signed a $35 million contract with the Jets, my old team. And Jensen just got a ring and was the highest paid center in football. And Billy Turner signed a huge contract. Mike Pinnell signed a contract, got a ring. And they, these are all guys that, that are in and out of the doors at 6-0 constantly. And Sam Jones getting drafted and Reisner getting drafted. He's about to get paid. And Phil Lindsay going to the damn Pro Bowl as a, as a rookie and everything he went through. And it's just a, a testament to those men. But I, I can't help but look at the consistent factor with all of them and then all those kids at the gym. And that is 6-0, man. And I'm not trying to humble brag or anything. I am fucking bragging. We are different. We are built different. We act different. We want different things. And I am so damn proud of my boy Ryan Jensen that he didn't let people change who he really was. He just rolled with it. I remember saying to him 12 years ago, and I said this last week and the week before. You're a prick. Be yourself. This isn't fucking friend ball. It's football, dog. And he, he already was bought in. I didn't need to tell him that shit. I was just giving him the affirmation it was okay to be who he really is. And I'm pretty damn sure I saw the other night in the Super Bowl, one of the best three technique in football, Chris Jones, okay, who couldn't keep his cool because 66 was in his fucking ear hole the whole game. And Jones threw a punch and got a 15-yarder, and what happened? The, the dam broke loose, and they started scoring touchdowns and talking shit. 
And I love how people are like, oh, Tom Brady said something disrespectful to Tyron Matthau. Yeah, he walked off the field, sat down on the bench, and looked at Jensen and said, um, fuck him. That's not disrespectful. That's football. Maybe you should go watch tennis. If you think that we're going to sit here and talk about everything that, re- that is repeated on the football field and go to the politically correct police, you're out of your mind. That's what it is. The best player in the game, the most clean-cut dude on the field, married to a supermodel, ran 25 yards to talk shit to another human being that was talking shit after he got scored on. Hey, Tyron, this is what I would have said. Hey, Tyron, take your ass off the field, sit the fuck down, and shut the fuck up. And I guarantee you that's what Tom said. And then he ran off the field on national TV, sat down on the bench at the Super Bowl, where 10 years ago everybody got mad because they saw a nipple. And, th- and ten, like 10, 15 years later, he sits down on national TV, looks at the starting center, who might be the biggest prick in football, and made $57 million because of it and just won a ring. And mouth, fuck him. Is he apologizing? Absolutely not. That's what this is. This is modern day savage shit. And if you don't understand it and you don't like it, don't fucking watch. We don't want you anyway. And we don't need you. We don't need you. We're not trying to fold everybody into this shit. It's different. And the people that love it and respect it love it for that reason. They're not trying. They get the politically correct police six days a week. All the fucking time. You said this. You said that. Oh, my God. He's acting like this. Who the fuck are you? You don't set the tone. And that's my point on all this. The Super Bowl is awesome. I'm glad Kansas City got their ass whipped. I'm glad that I took the over on the sacks. I'm glad that I could tell everybody that wants to listen that both the tackles were going to get eaten alive and that they're starting a guard at right tackle. So that means there's a backup guard in the game too. And how in the hell are they supposed to block Vita Vey and Ndamukong Sue and JPP? Oh, and Shaq Barrett, who just made about $100 million. I'm just Look, I'm not sitting here trying to say that we could have Shaq, we could have and should have kept Shaq. They made a decision. Now they got to live with it. That's what it is. You know, the Broncos have a hard time re-signing their players, yes, but everybody does. It's the National Football League. It's called free agency. There's some guys that don't want to re-sign. They want to go get paid. Like every fucking guy. So it's not the Broncos' fault. That narrative's played out too. They got Bradley Chubb. He's kind of good. He made the Pro Bowl. Get the fuck out of here. My point is this. 31-9 to is an ass-beating. It's not, it's not a good game. It was a throttling. It was a throttling behind a really, really mature old quarterback that's been there a thousand times and text his teammates all week at 11 o'clock at night on mass text, go to bed, think positive, we're going to win. As opposed to whatever the fuck the Chiefs were doing. Taking videos of them in like head-to-toe Versace gear or some shit, whatever Kelsey was wearing. Nice bling on your shoes, bro. That's awesome. Catch the fucking ball. That's the thing. You're only as good as your last game. I know it's harsh, and Kelsey's an all-pro. He's a way better player than I am, but I'm pretty sure I watched him drop the ball three times, and one of the times I watched him sit on the field and pout. And I know Kansas City went through a lot of shit with Andy Reid's son, and I know he's been through a lot of shit with his other son who committed suicide, and I'm sympathetic to all that. But no one else is. It's business. There's an excuse, and there's a reason. And it seems like Kansas City will find any excuse to say that that wasn't really their team. I'll say this, Broncos country, and I said this to Allie when I walked in. If, if Tampa Bay can do that to Kansas City, Denver can do that to Kansas City. Period. We can make Kansas City look shitty. Period. That's a blueprint that got put out on Sunday. 
every single coach on earth is going to review what Todd Bowles did. They're going to analyze that tape top to bottom, and they are going to dissect it, and they're going to, okay, I know the tackles were out, but shit. Our defensive ends and defensive tackles are better athletes than every offensive lineman on earth. Let's just mimic the, the plan and make Mahomes run for his life. It seemed to work. I mean, I'm just saying, they're, they're all, all week last week on every radio show I went on, on this show alone, I told everybody who wanted to listen. Some people don't want to listen. Some people want to think that Kansas City is just going to score 40 points a game. What did I say? Both the tackles are out. They are going to get butchered up front, and Mahomes is going to run for his life. And I had people laughing at me like, oh, you're crazy. And I was like, okay, I'm crazy. And what happened? They got butchered up front. Both the tackles got ran by. The guard got eaten alive by Indomitian Sioux. Patrick Mahomes got folded in half, and the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. Now, I didn't predict that shit. No one did. Anybody that says that they predicted that, I want to see the DraftKings. I want to see that, that picture message because you know damn well it was about plus $9 million. I don't even know what it was, but it was a lot. It was a whole lot. So, you know, Kansas City not scoring a touchdown, it's a testament to Tampa Bay, yes. It's a testament to their pass rush and Todd Bowles, yes. It's a testament to the offense controlling the ball and hammering the rock. Hammering the rock. God, I told you they were going to do that shit too. I wonder where I'm getting my information. Hmm. I'm just saying, man. Put two and two together. Eventually, the dam's going to break, and that blueprint is out. So, look, if the blueprint's out, let's get into this, too. Can the Broncos do what Tampa Bay just did? And anybody who says no, they have Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't fucking wrestle past there, so shut up. Tampa Bay was 7-9 and nine last year. They have talent. Denver's pretty good on defense when they're healthy. If I'm Vic Fangio, I mean, the, Tampa Bay only blitzed about six or seven times in that game. And it was more trying to get the ball out of Mahomes' hand than hit him. They pressured him and hit him with four. So I guess my question is this. Does Denver still have four guys that can get to the passer? Yep. (laughs) They got Chubb. They got Vaughn. They got Shelby. I think Vaughn's going to come back really pissed off that everybody thinks he should be traded if he's even back. And if he doesn't come back, if he goes to Kansas City, I'm going to be the most depressed human being for about three whole minutes, and then I'm going to move on because the NFL means not for long. I'm saying this, man, if you can put pressure on them consistently and beat their receivers up and play good coverage and then run the ball. That's the thing, man. The run, Running the ball controls the time of possession and keeps Mahomes off the field. And the minute you get up on them, the only way you can give it back to them is pull a Kyle Shanahan and start throwing the ball over the field. They should have won that Super Bowl last year too with pretty much the same recipe, running the ball and hitting Mahomes in the face. It worked until Shanahan went gung-ho and started throwing the ball all over the field, and they turned it over, and all of a sudden Kansas City got hot. It didn't happen the other night. They just kept with the game plan, they stayed consistent, and they beat the ever-living shit out of Kansas City. And look, I'm going to do this right now. The 6-0 rant, okay, is very simple. And this isn't the longest show. I don't need to sit here and talk for four goddamn hours about something that lasted four hours that I already saw. Everyone saw it. They they, They know what they looked at. I can say I'm right in about 30 seconds and just move on. You know, I'm not always right. I'm very rarely right, actually. I will say this, though, and this is the rant. Tom Brady is very consistent, has seven Super Bowl titles and 10 trips, and that's incredible. And he did everything the other night about as textbook as you can do, from standing tall off play action to 
his his handoffs looking the same consistently to calling protections to making adjustments in audibles to up tempoing on the turning point we're going to talk about two plays from the Super Bowl that's that's the, the Gronkowski touchdown on an audible where he you know he he breaks his route off and breaks it back in and Tom sees it and hits him and, or uh, and then another one where where Gronkowski runs a streak down the field on pretty much the same play and then it sets up Fournette off quick tempo like they, Kansas City's not even ready and they just gut him off the right side that's all because Tom Brady is pulling Peyton Manning he sees it it's up tempo it's not a play call let's go get on the ball and roll Peyton used to do that to people all the time Mahomes yeah he plays fast and yeah all that but the call's coming in from the sideline pretty much every play and when he is improvising it's the ugliest shit I've ever seen and I understand people like it and it's exciting I'm looking at it totally differently. The fact that Patrick Mahomes has the comfort level to backpedal 45 fucking yards and just throw it up in the air is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. And he's the only guy that can get away with that right now because he's got poofy hair and he's popular. He does that shit next year and they lose six games. They're going to be lividly pissed off. They're going to be talking about like, what's going on with Patrick Mahomes? Why is he playing so undisciplined? And not only that, this is the most front-runner group of kids I've ever met in my life because social media has poisoned them. They think they can just get it in five seconds. And it's my fault. I use social media to promote my business and promote the players. So it's a double-edged sword. You've got to tell them all the time it doesn't mean anything, yet we have to post. It's, it's fucking crazy. I know. I, I don't understand it myself, yet I do it. Um, I will say this, though. Every kid in that gym that plays quarterback or thinks they're going to play quarterback <laughs> – because everybody wants to play quarterback shit, man. I went to high school and I was like, I'm a quarterback. And they're like, hey, dummy, you can't see left. You're not playing fucking quarterback. You're 6'5", 300 pounds. Go block somebody. Shut up. So everybody wants to play quarterback, right? They've all got the fucking Mahomes haircut. They've all, you know, they, it, it, they look like little pats everywhere. And by the way, I'm just going to say this. Patrick Mahomes' brother, go the fuck away, bro. Stop talking. Go away. The next time I see you dancing, you better be in a thong at shotguns. Go away. Back to Pat. Um, I will say this. Every kid in that room yesterday morning, we had skills at six and like eight or some shit because they don't want to get up at five. Um, they came in and every one of them, all they talked about was how cool it was that Mahomes threw the ball diagonally and they almost caught it. And I was like, that's cool, huh? I'm pretty sure they were down like 28 to 6 in the fourth quarter at that point. And he's getting his ass beat. And if you do that dumb bullshit on the practice field, you're never going to fucking play ever. And that's my point on this. Tom Brady's boring. And he's got seven titles. And if you do it like that, if you're boring, and you go to work every day, and you bust your ass, and you don't really worry about other people and you talk shit at the end of the season. I love those videos. I know it pisses people off, but I'm pretty sure I've seen like four of them where him and Gronk are walking to the bus just looking at the camera like, what? 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 Four, 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 four titles? Five titles? Six t Now seven. Seven? That's what I thought. Shut the fuck up. Instagram's off. He doesn't even need to say anything. It's boring. He's not on the beach commercial. He's on some like fucking Tommy Hilfiger commercial or some Uggs Boots commercial or some shit. It's boring. It's boring. No one likes Tom Brady. He's fucking boring. But Patrick Mahomes is so sexy, he throws the ball sideways from 35 yards deep because nobody can protect him and he's backpedaling and running for his life. I'm not saying don't run for your life. I'm saying how about step in the pocket and throw the goddamn ball? That's all I'm saying. 
It, it, why, why is I, that's my point on all this, and that's what I tried to explain to the kids. I, I like Patrick Mahomes too. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's he's a great player. Everybody gets beat, and if you play undisciplined like that, you're going to get beat. And he had to play like that because his defense was getting ran through like shit through a goose. They couldn't protect him, and yeah, it it, it had to go improv, you know, improvise, and that's fine. I'm just saying the the aspect of coolness here and the social media aspect of like, oh, that fucking clip was incredible. You're down 28 to 6 in the Super Bowl. Nothing's incredible. You're getting your ass beat. They shouldn't be showing highlights of that shit. All it's doing is teaching some kid who can't play that he can throw sideways 40 yards away and it's going to be on some fucking 7 on 7 video that some idiot coach is going to record and be like, "Look at this kid, he's the next Patrick Mahomes." I'm like, "Nah, man, he's going to work at Kinkos." And that's cool. I need copies and shit too. I'm just saying. Fundamentals, repetition, consistency every day, getting out of bed at 5 a.m. and going to chase your dream, coming after you, coming, coming after school when you're tired and you don't want to go, forcing your parents to make you go. That's the fucking difference. Guys who want it and guys who need it. Tom Brady needs football. He's 45 years old. He's got $300 million in the bank and he's married to a fucking supermodel. He needs it. Patrick Mahomes likes football. He's 25. He's about to get married and have a kid. He just got paid $500 million. You think he's going to be playing when he's 45? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he does love it that much. But he likes that shit right now. Next year, if Kansas City can't stop anybody and this is a blueprint and they're 8-8, eight and eight, is he still going to be the same guy? Is he still going to be this carefree dude putting ketchup all over everything? I like ketchup. Just saying. If they're 7-9, 8-8, eight and, eight, and don't tell me that shit can't happen. I don't want to fucking hear this. Oh, they're going to be good for 15 years. I watched them get absolutely bitch slapped by a team that was 7-9 and nine last year. And at one point this year was 7-5 and five and beat the ever-living shit out of Tampa Bay on that same field like seven weeks earlier. Absolutely embarrassed them. And those were two different teams. So you're as good as your last game. They just got blueprinted. And I wouldn't doubt next year if they open the season with Tampa Bay in Kansas City. And they'll do it to him again, hopefully. Or maybe Kansas City will put 40 on him, and it'll be back to the ball game. And then I'll have to eat some crow. And that's cool. I just ate a ton of crow on Garrett Bowles. That was the best-tasting crow I've ever ate. Because he's good now. UFC 257 surely gave the fans the show they were looking for this weekend. And I'm sure it's going to be action-packed in the future. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner for UFC. And... It puts you in the center of it this weekend for the title fight with 100-1 to 1 odds on your chosen fighter to step up in the octagon and raise the belt. Number one, you can pick either the main event fighter to win the weekend's UFC 258 bout, and DraftKings Sportbook will give you 100-1 to 1 odds. That's a $1 bet on either fighter to, that reigns victorious, and if your fighter wins, you will cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry, if the NBA, if the MMA is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR, that's capital DNVR, when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. 
That's code DNVR and turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. That's 1-800-522-4700. So, I'd like to say Kansas City is going to be back. They need Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher back healthy. I can tell you, once you have back surgery, you're not really the same again. So I hope Schwartz comes back strong. And Eric Fisher is a seven foot, like, or a six foot nine Viking, and he tore his Achilles. That's just, he's not just going to like walk back in healthy in August. So that's going to be a, a recovery process for both of them. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a tackle in the first round. Um, Kansas City is going to be good. Don't get me wrong, but everybody in the AFC West is improving. And I truly believe this, and I will reiterate if. Vaughn is back on this team and he'll restructure, which I hope he will because if it's still about money for Vaughn, he's got a really shitty financial advisor. Um, it should be about legacy at this point for Vaughn and being a first ballot Hall of Famer, getting another ring. And if he's at, if he's sitting around 100 sacks, which I'm pretty sure he is, if you look, do I think he's one of the best pure pass rushers ever? Absolutely, I do. Do I put him in the top five right now? Nope. Again, consistency and reps. Kevin Green had 160 sacks. He's third. Get there, and I'll put you in the top five. Get in the top five for sacks, and I'll put you in the top fucking five. Do I think he's one of the best individual pass rushers I've ever seen? Absolutely. Do I think he had a great three-year run where he was absolutely dominant? Yes, I do. Do I think he's also kind of fallen off a little bit? Yep. Do I think he needs to take a pay cut? I sure hope so, because if he doesn't, he's going to be wearing fucking Kansas City red. Just saying. Or he's going to go to Oakland or some shit because I think he's the kind of guy that plays off spite. Every time somebody says something stupid on the radio to him, he gets pissed off. I know how that is. I get it. It's like people are like, oh, Vaughn's a competitor and he's the ultimate alpha. And I I can't believe he got all pissed off at me when I called him out on the radio. And I'm like, you can't fucking believe it, huh? Neither can I. I'm stunned. (laughs) So stupid, dude. I like to think that Vaughn and a healthy chub and a motivated Fangio. And I don't mean motivated like to go hit people in the mouth. I mean motivated to keep your job. That's what motivation is to me. Motivation to keep making money and going to work. So look, Vic, you can either get creative and stop rushing four in the C and B gaps and A gaps and not running any games and not green dogging and not zone blitzing and not changing it up and not diversifying your defense week to week so people can't fucking scheme you the same and putting Justin Simmons all over the place and maybe blitzing him a couple hundred times and, you know, really hitting people in the mouth because offensively they're diversifying every week and changing the run scheme. I had an offensive line coach in the NFL the other day tell me this, all right, verbatim, and I'm not using any names, okay, verbatim. We change our run scheme every single week. If you have one scheme, you don't have a your, – your offensive line can't play. We scheme the defense and change the way we run every week. It's a top five rushing team in the NFL. He's my coach in New York. Put two and two together. I'm pretty sure it's the number one rushing team in the NFL. So this is my point, man. It's I think Denver has the talent to do it. I think we're stuck in the fucking 1970s with our coaching staff. I think Pat Schumer's been recycled more than a goddamn Mountain Dew bottle. And I think Vic Fangio is on his last leg here, and I don't understand why he's still the coach. I don't get it. I don't understand it. If his name was Vance Joseph, he'd be gone. So, man, I'm just saying, John stepped back so he can't get blamed for shit anymore. He's going golfing. And if they win, Elway did a great job. And if they lose, then fucking Fangio's a bum. 
And that's the way it is. NFL means not for long. We just went over that. Remember, take some notes or something. So I'd like to think that if EB is not going to take over for Andy Reid, I know they didn't play well in the Super Bowl. Eric Bieniemy doesn't fucking play tackle, guard, or quarterback. So, again, I think EB could be a really good head coach. I don't really give a shit how he interviewed with some billionaire white asshole. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care. They already knew who they wanted. Anybody who doesn't think that the, the billionaire didn't know the guy he wanted before they did the interviews, that's why you're not interviewing. So, the future of the Broncos, and I know we went full circle here from the Super Bowl to the Broncos, that's kind of the point. The future of the Broncos is bright if, if they can stay healthy, and if Pat Schumer and Vic Fangio can figure out a way to change the way they do, I'm not saying the way they do things is wrong, I'm saying the way things they do, the way they do things is not working. I'm not saying it's wrong. It may work with different personnel in 1994. When's the last time Pat Schumer's offense worked? Does anybody know? Because I don't fucking know. When, I mean, Vic Fangio's defense worked in Chicago. I know that. Kind of. They lost. Then they, lose, they lost to the Eagles, right? Yeah, on the, on the field goal. Yeah. They lost to the Super Bowl champs. So, and, and look, they had good players and shit, but I'm pretty sure I'm, twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah, thank you, Allie. See? That's what I'm talking about. Big guy can't remember everything. I can barely remember my own phone number. I literally had to look up my own phone number last night, but I can remember who was drafted like in 1983 and shit. I was two. Vic Fangio's a great defensive coordinator. I don't think he's a good head coach. And it's not his fault, man. He's been programmed to think that you can just line up and beat the shit out of people physically. And in Chicago, that worked until they got to the playoffs and they lost twice. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Chicago's defense was like top five this year again. So could it be personnel? Uh-huh. I don't know any coaches that can coach really good with shitty players. And I don't know. I know a lot of shitty players, though, that, or a lot of great uh, players that have overcome really shitty coaches. Just saying, man. So I'd like to think the Broncos can overcome this. I don't know if Drew Locke's the guy or not. Again, I would love to see Drew with like a, a really – efficient offensive coordinator that has a fullback and play action schemes and runs the shit out of the ball and controls the time of possession. That's what I'd like to see. The three wide Pat Schumer throw it all over the field stuff. It's going to work against teams that can't cover like Carolina and things of that nature. And then, you know, the I'm, I'm not saying the Raiders are any good, but the Raiders schemed up the Broncos and absolutely murked them in Vegas. Um, and, and the same thing the Falcons did and they weren't any good either. So I'm just, I'm very concerned that, that the Broncos and the young players on that team and the coaching staff are so disconnected from each other that it's not it, that there's no chance for success, success next year because of it. And I think that's going to be the narrative, honestly. I think six games in, we're going to be talking about how outdated Schumer's offense is and how Vic Fangio plays shell coverage and just wants to get home with four and – you know, the sack numbers are down because of it, and the turnover numbers are down because of it, and yada, yada, yada. You don't play in a division with Detroit and Kirk Cousins anymore. They're not just going to hand you the fucking ball four times a game in the AFC West. It's Mahomes and Herbert and Carr, and Carr only threw like four picks all year. So, again, let's look at the entire big picture here. I'd like to think that, that Denver can get back in the playoff hunt, but we'll see. Um, look. Let's wrap up 102 constructively, okay? 
Tampa Bay and Kansas City and the good teams in the NFL, Green Bay, teams like that, what they do on a consistent weekend and week basis from an outsider's perspective is ride their good players to win games. And that's, that's true. They do do that. But this assumption that they run the same thing over and over again and that they're not always trying to change is wrong. I, I love when I hear like Boomer Esiason talking about what he watched in week six. I'm like, dog, the, week six? That's like three months ago. That might, just be, that might as well be last year. It's not even close to the same team. I look at Tampa Bay specifically, and I think everybody will improve because they have an offseason, but the, the level of improvement because of one player and his attitude walking into the building and the way he changed things, and then the progression I saw throughout the entire year is so damn impressive to me, I don't even really know what to do with myself. And that's what I'm looking for. And if I and I, I feel like I lost that after Peyton left, like Denver lost it. Like we we got too enamored with guys with big arms that can move and shit. And that, that that's not what I'm looking for anymore. It's not what I'm looking for. Tom Brady went 199. Okay, anybody who says that they saw this in college is full of shit. No one saw it. He went 199. So what I'm looking for in the quarterback here in Denver is you don't really have to explain John Elway. You just say seven. You don't have to explain Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. That's what we need. And I understand that everybody says they know that. But that, that like, greatness thing, it gets thrown around real, real quick. Oh, Drew Locke could be great. What Greats a one comeback against the Chargers? That's not great. That's a fluke. Greatness is doing it every day for, like, 10 years. And I don't, I don't know if he can do that or not. But the goal shouldn't be to just play next year and then go to Vegas. That wasn't Elway's goal. That's not Jerry Rice's goal. And that's not the guys we want here. So, it's very simple. Can Denver and Patton find the guy that can turn this around? Is he already in the building? And what do you have to give up to get him? Because to be completely honest with you, Tampa Bay didn't give up shit. Tampa Bay was already stockpiled with talent. And Tom Brady picked them. So the fact that Denver isn't a pickable franchise, that's the fucking problem. So, I don't know how you fix that right now. I need a week to think about it at least, and we'll talk about it on episode 103. Uh, Adam Schneider will be our guest next week, a 10-year vet, offensive lineman, runs VYDL performance down in Arizona. Six uh, zero and VYDL are going to be doing some some state-to-state competitions, O-line, D-line stuff, um, trying to figure out the best way to do like seven-on-seven stuff with offensive and defensive linemen uh, because I think seven-on-seven is ridiculous. If you hold the ball for seven seconds, I hope you're really fast because four of those seconds, I'm going to be laying on top of your ass. Just saying. You can hold the ball all you want on the ground. So next week should be good, 103. Uh, this was episode 102, McChesney Unchained, live from down here at DNVR. Come down here, the bar's off of Colfax. Watch your nuggets and your abs now that football season's over. By the way, Nikola Jokic, dog, you are my spirit animal, bro. I'm so glad you play for the nuggets. Please never leave. Please, please, God, don't have this, like, big market syndrome where one day you're like, I can't win in, I cannot win in Denver. No, no, bro, you can win in Denver. Stay, please, don't leave us. Uh, whatever you got to do to keep that man here, please keep him here. And then the other thing is, why in the fuck can't we beat the Kings? 
The Kings suck, man. Why can't we beat the Kings? This isn't good. The Lakers are better than the Kings. I can't. When, does anybody know when they play the Lakers? Because I, I want some, Friday. They do. Fantastic. Somebody hard foul LeBron, please. Please. Just right when he goes in the lane, just knock the shit out of him. Just so we see, like, just get the rivalry going here, man. Quit being so nice. You know he's just going to go downtown and try and dunk right on your ass. So just lay his ass out, Anthony Mason style. He's so angry, you're just like Anthony Mason. That's episode 102. I'm Matt McChesney. Thank you to Allie and Adam and everybody down here at GNVR. Keep in mind that if you're pissed off, I was directly talking to you. Have a good, good day.